Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. So, Corey Johnson. Yes. I'd really like to talk about the chocolate babka I just ate, but we can't do that. And I'd really like to talk chocolate about... Chocolate babka? The, yes. Courtesy of our Kate Crater. And I'd really like to talk about the new Ken dolls because they've gone through a transformation. But we can't really do that because we're a Even financial... Even though one has a man bun? Yeah, there is a man bun. But we're a financial business enterprise. So we're going to have to talk about Jeffries because it's Thank important. <laughs> man but bun. first... Man buns for Ken. What do you think, Charlie Pellet? Also a global news organization. I want to get to a developing story out of Brussels right now. And this story just in police there reporting an incident with an individual at Central Station in Brussels. Police say the situation is under control. It is a developing story and we will have more details as they become available. We're also keeping an eye on oil dropping to the lowest in seven months, pulling energy stocks down amid growing concern that OPEC-led output cuts are failing to ease a global supply glut. Jeff Curry is global head of commodities at Goldman Sachs. He was interviewed on Bloomberg Radio. ...is how does OPEC regain market share in 2018? And that is what drives the weakness in that forward balance, the weakness in the time spreads, and I think most people's concern in the negative sentiment in the oil market. Today. And right now we have West Texas Intermediate Crude in a bear market. It is down 2.2% today, down 97 cents, $43.23. Sprint shares moving higher after German newspaper Handelsblatt reported that T-Mobile, U.S.'s parent company, Deutsche Telekom favors a merger of the two American wireless providers. T-Mobile is down two-tenths of one percent. Sprint is advancing 3.4 percent. Gold down 220 the ounce to 1244, down two-tenths of one percent. S&P down 13, down five-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ down 40, down seven-tenths of one percent. And uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is lower today uh, by 43 points, down two-tenths of one percent. This update brought to you by National Realty. Managers of New York City cash flow real estate, providing you 10 to 16 percent annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. That's what uh, Jeffries might be asking at this point. Uh, shares of Lucadia National down 2.8% today following news that the company's investment bank, Jeffries Group, posted a 33% drop in quarterly bond trading revenue. Let's talk a little bit about the results and why we care, because it does maybe portend what's going to happen with the rest of the investment banking group. Laura Keller is our financial reporter at Bloomberg News. She joins us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. So, Jeffries, let's walk through the quarter. Not a great one. Not a great one. On some fronts, there were some good things. We should highlight those two, Carol. Okay. First of all, like you said, we've got the fixed income trading, which is really why most people who are looking at this company, they looking at these results, that's what they zero in on. So as you said, 33% drop in that to around $160 million. So that is not a good quarter. We know from some of these other executives at bigger Wall Street shops that trading and fixed income is not going to be so great. Mm-hmm. So 
Jeffries kind of tells us that story again and says, yes, indeed, we will see that next next month when these bigger banks report. So that's that on the trading side. Um, for equities trading, things were actually pretty good. Um, there is a little bit of lumpiness in the trading results there. It was up about 20% okay. year over year. Mm-hmm. But it does have some positions that Jeffries holds in, in some equities stocks. So a little bit, little bit murky there. Um, but overall, you know, they said, hey, we did better in cash trading, which is important and, and something that all of the equity traders are always looking at. So that was positive. The investment bank also was was pretty good this quarter. Advisory was up and really, really great on the debt underwriting side as well. Uh, debt underwriting, interesting. In a rising rate environment, you would expect it to be uh, something that's uh, beneficial to them. Yeah, I think we actually had, I think it was John Waldron, um, who is now one of the investment banking co-heads at Goldman Sachs. He was talking earlier on Bloomberg TV, you know, a little bit about this, saying, you know, actually, despite where we might be in this yeah. rate cycle, it is a good time for issuers to be putting out new debt, and that's what you're seeing. So that seems like an indication that we might have some really great quarters coming again from these other Wall Street banks, which told, you know, last quarter they had a, a great time in, in debt underwriting as well. So it seems like that relationship will hold um, in terms of what Jeffries tells us about the relevance um, of these earnings for the rest of Wall Street. Anything that we get on the earnings call specifically that made you get, uh, okay, here's I what's wish going we on. could talk about an earnings call, Carol, but Jeffries actually doesn't have one because they're not a publicly traded company. So it's really just limited to whatever we have in the short release about the trading and, and about the investment bank, which really was quite limited this quarter. What they did say, and I, and I will tell you, is lower volatility, lower volumes. Oh, no, no kidding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty basic stuff. We never talk about the low vol in this environment. What's interesting is, though, this, you know, we do look at Jeffries for clues on how some of the bigger investment banks will fare. Having said that, it isn't uncommon that someone can get beaten up on the fixed income side and somebody else has some smarter trades at play. And exactly, they do well. exactly. And I think it's important to remember, as you're sort of pointing out here, Jeffries doesn't have what they call this global offering. You know, they don't have a lot of macro traders, for example. They're not big rates players that way. So if someone like a Citigroup, you know, they have a lot of macro traders, so right. they might not look like a Jeffries would. Somebody who is a more corporate trading, like JP Morgan can be or Bank of America, might more closely align with that because Jeffries is really a corporate bond shop. Um, so it is important to remember those kinds of different and, and actually, when you had John Waldron talking earlier on Bloomberg TV, that was one thing he pointed out. You know, we're all different in terms of how our business mixes are. However, overall, you can look at some of these indications and, you know, the relationships for overall Wall Street do tend to hold on those results. So it's, it's not a case of, of when someone loses in a trade, the other side of the trade is a winner so that someone on the bank of Wall Street could be benefiting from Jeffrey's um, uh, failures? Well, I don't think so. I mean, Jeffries, unlike some of these other banks, actually can do a little bit more of what you would normally think of as prop trading and right. for the layperson, just because they're not in the, under the same regulatory regime as the globally systemic important important institutions. So, you could sort of see some of that, but I don't. Jeffries is a small bank. You know, they don't have that big of a balance sheet where you would see something like, you know, one side position there going their way and then Goldman taking the other side, and that would really, you know, right. crack a big hole in Goldman's earnings. It's not. A relationship like that. It's also, you know, you compare quarter to quarter. This this quarter or this most recent quarter for Jeffries versus the quarter before. There was a lot of stuff going on. Whether it was Brexit, whether it was we were still kind of dealing with the outcome of the elections. There were a lot of things that could kind of move, and they did move the markets. Right, which was helpful for any sell side shops, Jeffries right. included, certainly, where you have you know these clients. And and sure, every bank has a bit of a different set of clients, but generally 
they're pretty much right. similar. So if you're having clients trade more because, you know, there are events happening, they've got to take a position, they think they can make money, that's great for a sell-side bank. This quarter, last quarter as well, really didn't see very much of that. So, so summer slowdown, some traders telling me, look, we, we've hit it early this year and things are moving pretty slow these days. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Well, we don't have anyone reporting for, I think it's, is it three while, weeks? Right? JP Morgan will start us off as they normally do. And um, I think Wells Fargo, which we don't look as much at for trading purposes, they'll be reporting. And I think it's, is it yeah, Citigroup? July 14th, City. Yeah. yeah. So those three banks just all on the same morning. That's Wells Fargo, Friday. Uh, City all on July 14th. Exactly. So we'll go through a holiday and then right away we'll hear about how the banks did. No rest for the weary. Laura Keller, financial reporter at Bloomberg News. Thank you. Let's get some world and national news headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell, who's in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Hey, Corey and Carol. First, we'll begin with some breaking news. As you heard Charlie Pellet tell us just a little while ago, noises that sounded like explosions have been heard at a train station in Brussels. That report from the Associated Press. The Sun newspaper says local media are reporting that a man wearing an explosives belt has been neutralized. ABC News reports a suspect has been shot, and we'll bring you more on this developing story as details come in throughout the afternoon. A special election in Georgia is considered a bellwether for next year's midterm elections. The race pits political newcomer John Ossoff against Republican Karen Handel, a former Georgia Secretary of State, in the contest for the seat held by former Congressman Tom Price, who is now the President's Health and Human Services Secretary. A record $50 million has been poured into political ads. Political analysts do see the Georgia special election as a possible indication of the President's effect on GOP. GOP prospects in the midterm elections next year. Senate Democrats held a talkathon last night to bring attention to the GOP's closed-door work on their health care bill. There have been no public hearings on the legislation. Senate Republicans are hoping for a health care vote next week under a special procedure that could pass it with as little as 50 votes if the vice president acts as a tiebreaker. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.